Today's episode is sponsored by Kickstart Accounting. Want the opportunity to discover your money mindset and watch your relationship with money and business ownership become one cohesive alliance? I have a secret solution. Call Kickstart Accounting. They are a detail-oriented and data-driven, woman-owned virtual accounting firm who are here to help you understand your business and be a support system for you. Kickstart Accounting offers a variety of packages to fit exactly what your business needs, and you can adjust your package as your business grows. Book your discovery call today with the link in our show notes, and be sure to mention that you heard about them from T with Janae. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm super excited for this week's brand new episode because I'm chatting with Emily Lee all about the four ways to elevate your website design. Do you guys struggle with what to add to your site? overwhelmed by the amounts of text that you think you need to add? Well, Emily is here to break it down and help us figure out what to include and what to take away. A little bit about Emily before we get started is that she's a self-proclaimed website geek, a Squarespace expert, and a Dallas photographer. As a custom web designer and content strategist for wedding professionals, she has helped over 70 businesses around the world grow with Squarespace through her one-on-one services, and I'm so excited she's here with us today. I know you're going to love today's episode, so let's get started. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest on the line today. Emily, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm pumped. I love talking about websites and elevating your brand and all that good stuff. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show. But before we get started, uh, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you started your own business. Sure. So hi, everybody. My name is Emily, and my business is called By Emily Jane. And I do custom Squarespace websites for creatives. And I specialize in the wedding industry. Um, And my background is actually in photography as well. Um, I knew I wanted to be a photographer from a super young age, like ever since selfies became a thing, like with MySpace. (laughs) So um, I just fell in love with it. And I went to school for photography. And in 2016, I started officially offering my services and Unfortunately, after a few years, I developed some chronic pain that just made it difficult to keep up with photo shoots. So I started looking for a different avenue Mm -hmm. and I came across web design. Um, So in 2019, I pivoted in that direction and 
it just absolutely opened up this whole new creative world to me that I had no idea I was interested in before. So I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and I've been doing that for the past few years. Um, and because I'm still a photographer at heart, those are just my absolute favorite businesses to create websites for. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you started in photography and then, you know, unfortunately had some pain, but then you found a great way to stay in it just in a different scale. Yeah, it's it's so nice. And, you know, I hope to get get back into photography too someday, but it's it's great to have something else that I can be passionate about. Yeah. Well, I mean, photography, you know, being a photographer and a wedding photographer is hard. It's hard on your body. <laughs> like I can't do I it know. forever. <laughs> Seriously. It's so, such no. a physical thing. And I feel like people don't talk about that very much. I know. Yeah. I know. It's a full body workout every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> every wedding for sure. But mm-hmm. today we're going to talk about, you know, um, four ways to elevate your website design. And I'm excited to chat about this because I, I always love when I have experts on who can really help people listening, you know, sort of spruce up their site, um, do little tweaks here and there, just so, you know, it's getting off on, on a better foot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to maybe just share, you know, how would we start this process? Like where will we start to elevate our website? Well, I think it's important to understand why this even matters. Um, and so if you don't have that intention going into it, then it just ends up being something that keeps getting pushed to the bottom of the list. That's That's been my experience um, with a lot of photographers. They're like, well, you know, my website's okay, so I don't need to really focus on ma- making it stand out or elevated right now. But really, um, there's so much more reasoning behind focusing on the design because it's not just like pretty for pretty sake. Um, Once you have the design and the strategy, which I know you've also talked about on your uh, podcast quite a bit, Mm -hmm. having both of those elements is what really makes it effective in terms of converting the visitors into actual leads. Because if you think about it, when we see a website that has like some of those DIY dead giveaways, Mm-hmm. Um, or a website that just looks like it hasn't been touched in years, what do we do? We make an instant snap judgment that either maybe they're not very credible or they're not very experienced um, or they're not still in business because their website just has maybe ha- looks like it hasn't been touched in a while. And obviously any of those impressions has a huge effect on trusting people with our money. So um, there are plenty of statistics out there that show that like, the overwhelming majority of people determine whether or not they can trust a business based purely on the design. And that, that isn't, you know, that that's like a first impression thing. That's not something you can win people over with your words. And so if you have both um, where it looks expensive and you are speaking to your value, that's what helps people perceive your brand as expensive and worth every penny. Right. Yeah. No, I know when I go to a photographer, my coaching clients, my mentees, I go to their website and it's so old. I'm like, this is not doing you any benefits. <laughs> like it, you just need to take either like put coming soon or, or like, have a, <laughs> or have a whole brand new website right away because, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice by looking kind of shabby online, you know? Yeah. And this is not to say that there's anything wrong with DIY, but I think, like most of us would agree that we don't want our websites to look DIY. Mm-hmm. 
So today we're going to be talking about some of those giveaways that you can key in on and fix. And these are really like they're easy methods, but they're the things that help the help differentiate the websites that designers build from just ones that look kind of mediocre. I got it. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> so Good. what should we consider, you know, or take into account when we're looking to elevate our website design? Yeah, so there are four patterns that I see wedding photographers and creatives in general struggling with. And these were some of the same things that I had trouble with like five or six years ago when I was just a photographer who needed a website and I didn't know anything about website design. And I remember just spending countless hours like tweaking it over and over again and just feeling still feeling kind of like meh about it. Mm -hmm. And I could not for the life of me identify what else to change. So I understand how that feels and how frustrating that can be. And so that's why I want to kind of shed light on some of those things now that I can look back at those early designs and see what would what needs to be polished up. So, so there's really like four categories that I want to talk about here. And the first one is creating balance with the right spacing. Mm-hmm. And the next one is getting your fonts right. And the third one is having a good color scheme. And then the fourth one is it's sort of a behind the scenes technical fix that a lot of business owners miss. I don't want to give it away yet, <laughs> but <laughs> awesome. yeah, keep the suspense going. Don't turn your headphones off. <laughs> I love it. So let's those, talk about the first one. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, if you heard those and it sounds like pretty simple and you're kind of like, duh, obviously I need to get the right fonts and the colors. <laughs> um, believe it or not, but like I said, those are the key differentiators that can really set the high-end designs apart. So hopefully once we get into the weeds here with these, you'll have some light bulb moments. That's my goal. Love that. So yeah, so when it comes to the mistakes that I see a lot, first off, when it comes to spacing, I think it's obvious to most people that you don't want to have like a giant area of blank space on your site because it's typically an indication that the site hasn't been maintained in a while. Mm Um, But I think most people, I think most people listening to this podcast will be able to, um, you know, zero in on that right away and fix it because they're probably on top of those kinds of things if they're wanting to elevate their website design. And so what isn't so obvious and what's actually more common that I see is that people aren't using enough blank space in their website design. And what I mean by that is we tend to feel like every area on our website needs to be filled with something important and that having extra blank space can seem counterintuitive or even scary. Uh, But that can actually make the page just feel cluttered or like the design isn't intentional. Whereas no, I'm I'm all for, I'm just going to cut you off one second. I feel like I'm so all for this because I see so many sites. It's just like text after picture, after text, after picture. It drives me crazy. Like my site is very minimal and it's on purpose. And I love hearing this because I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And you'll start to notice now that I, now that you, you can kind of like see the difference there or start to think about the difference, you'll start to notice that on a website that a designer has created, each piece of content that you want someone to notice, whether that's a photo or a block of text or a button, it all, each piece has its own designated space to live in, and it just looks more purposeful. Um, And so, 
just to kind of give you a visual, let's say like you had a little paragraph about your company, followed by a testimonial, followed by next steps and a call to action. Okay. So each of those pieces of information is important, right? And you you would want people to actually read and absorb them. Um, and so just taking that as an example, there's a couple things that I would do. I would not stack those pieces of text right on top of each other. You want to have at minimum like a spacer in between mm-hmm. just to give them each their own moment for our eyes to pause on. Um And if you don't, you run the risk of it all running together and just looking like one big boring paragraph that people don't really want to read. And the other thing I would do is make sure that your sentences don't span the full width of the page, meaning you don't want to have to scan your eyes left and right all the way across the screen just to read a sentence. No one wants to do that. So those are kind of some ways you can, if you think about adding space above and below, as well as to the left and right of every little piece of content, probably a little bit more space than you might be comfortable with. That will actually give it a more designer effect. I don't know. (laughs) So uh, before I move on to the next category here, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. No, I'm all about space. I I love, I mean, I am a graphic designer at heart. You know, I, I went to school for graphic design and to translate it into web design and thus my photography, but uh, yeah, I'm all about white space and letting things breathe and giving them room. And also, you know, it's visually pleasing to the eye. If you guys know anything about symbiotics and, you know, your eye likes things that go in a circle and things that flow well. And if you have everything in one block and one chunk, like your eye doesn't want to read it, you know, it, it immediately is like, no, I hate this. I don't want to even look at this site. So if, when you create space and movement and white space, Um, It actually helps like visually connect with the viewer. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, photographers can understand this so well because we don't want to put like three subjects in the same frame in a photo. Mm -hmm. You want to give each subject its own moment. So I love it. Yeah. Everybody Um, has their own moment. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the second category of design mistakes is all about fonts. Um, And when you talk about fonts, like in an elevated web design, what people tend to gravitate towards is looking for fancy fonts or maybe trendy fonts that feel special. Um, But really having that element isn't as important as you might think. Uh, There's something else that's more important, whether you're using a custom font or not. You just want to have these three things. I came up with the three C's just because I think it's easier to remember. But if you have these, you can you can literally use the most plain fonts in the world and the design will still have a great impact. So um, if the if you can remember the three C's, they're clarity, consistency, and contrast. Mm-hmm. So clarity, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm into it. Yeah, I like it. Keep going. So clarity is just making sure that everything is truly legible. And this is something that people can run into an issue with when it comes to using some of those fancier fonts. Um, And, you know, everyone's eyes are different. So I would just ask a few people, a few of your friends or family to give their input um, once they can see those fonts in action on your website. Because a lot of the common things that I'll see is that they are the fonts are absolutely elegant and beautiful, but the lines might be too thin. 
Um, or if it's a script font, it can be too complicated and frustrating for a lot of people to read if you're using too much of it, or again, if it's too small. And so the, those are some of the things that I see people running to where they're, they're focused or they're um, prioritizing having a unique font instead of having something that's actually usable. Right. Yeah. I know for a while there, I think every photographer's website had that uh, script font on it that I can't remember. It was like Mademoiselle or it was something with an M and it was like, oh boy, everybody has this, <laughs> you know, it looked yeah. like hand calligraphy and it was, e it wasn't hard to read, but it wasn't easy. You know, it was in the middle. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's in the middle. So if you're going to use a script font, um, I would just use it as a flourish, like just as an accent of word or phrase here and there, because there will always be someone who says, I can't read this. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then I know really like really thin and delicate fonts have become very popular lately. And if you're going to use something like that, you just need to make sure it's big enough because if it's small, you don't want to use that for like your paragraph text because that that's just, I don't want to have to hold my computer right in front of my eyes. I've had to do that before on a website <laughs> and I was so annoyed. <laughs> it, it looked beautiful, but I couldn't read it. Right. Too um, thin. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the second C was consistency. And this is where I want to encourage people to really try to narrow it down to just two to three fonts across your whole website, if you can. And obviously you can do variations on those, but you don't want to get too crazy and have like six unique fonts because that can just really create an overall messiness. And the tighter you can keep the font scheme, the more high-end it's going to look. Yeah. I love that. And I always think about I mean, again, my graphic design is coming into play here, but you know, if you look at Chanel, like they have one font, <laughs> you <Right>? know, Hermes, <laughs> Tiffany, like they have a signature font and that's what they always use. And that's kind of how I look at for me when I'm designing or working with a designer, cause I don't design anymore, but I'm like, I want this font because it looks time. It looks classic, you know, it looks timeless and not everybody is me, but I would just think long-term longevity, you know, like how frequently are you going to have to update your site if you use a trendy font because your site will look dated, right? Totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's the same thing with, you know, logo trends and all that, but we won't get into all that. <laughs> <I keep going laughs> That's another that. show. That's another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the third C is contrast. Um, and by that, I mean, having a distinct hierarchy between your fonts like, for example, um, if your biggest font, your heading one font, let's say it's a thin serif font, and then maybe then your heading two font would be a bold sans serif font at a slightly smaller size. So that way it's visually clear that these two things are different. And this really helps your design pop. Um, because if you put, if you're putting two different fonts that are like almost the same right next to each other, it can look like a mistake. Right. So again, just less focus on making sure that your fonts are unique and more focus on the clarity, consistency, and contrast of your fonts. Yeah. I love that. Cool. So what's number three? But I, I already forgot. Remind me again. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So the third important thing that can really elevate your web design is having a tight color scheme. Mm -hmm. And this makes your website just look more put, put together. And as a result, your business is going to automatically appear more established and more expensive and trustworthy. Um, and I mean, there's just something about committing to a set color palette that really communicates confidence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, because a lot of people aren't willing to do it. And it, it kind of just, once you do that, it's like you're putting your foot in the ground, like this is, this is my business and it's not going anywhere. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. But if you look at the websites of some of the most high-end wedding photographers out there, they're not putting every color under the sun and every wedding that they've ever done on their homepage or even their services or their about page, they're typically trying to only showcase weddings or engagement sessions that are within their chosen color palette. And then the rest they will put in their portfolio or their blog where it's not like front and center. Yeah. Um, if, if you look at Caitlin James, for example, she's my personal favorite. I follow her daily. <laughs> she's <laughs> been sharing almost exclusively like blues and greens in her work for like the past 10 years or something. And I know for a fact that her wedding parties don't only wear blues and greens. So it's an intentional decision on her part that really helps her look polished and established. Yeah, for Um, sure. I guess my question is, how do you figure out your color palette if you're not working with a designer? Yeah. So in that case, um, I either, you either want it to be something that you are drawn to naturally that you think is going to stand the test of time. Um, with your brand that you're not going to get sick of after a while, or it can be if it's something where you would like to work with a designer soon, but you're not doing that yet. I would look at what's just, what's the most common color that you've shot, or is there a way for you to just stick with um, greenery and neutrals? Because that's really easy to accomplish for a lot of photographers, like just show people in their, you know, wedding dress and, neutral colors and things like that. Um, But it can be really hard if you, especially if you haven't been in business for less or for more than like five years and most of your weddings do have different color themes and maybe you can't be as selective with the work that you share, but I still think you should make a conscious decision on your brand colors if you can and use that to strategically start to pick photos that work within that scheme. And even if you can only do this on your homepage for now, like if you have just enough photos that that fall under a certain range of colors, I would group them together and put them on your homepage for now because it's just going to add that wow factor that you need on a first impression. Yeah, and also, you know, a reminder to listeners, you don't have to have a thousand photos in your home on your homepage. Like if exactly. you have, if you have 10 amazing your best work only. We've talked about this a bunch on the show your best work only that is more high end elevated than 30 stinky photos. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, less is less is more. And if you really want to elevate your brand and your website, like look again, look at high end brands, less is more here. So if you have 10 amazing photos that are in your color palette and like are going to play nice with your overall theme, like just do that. Don't don't feel like you have to show everything. You just want to show your best. Exactly. Um, and then the fourth and final sort of area for improvement is something that a lot of business owners neglect or don't even know about, which is their error four hundred four page. Oh. So let me explain. Um, it's very common for us all to have a broken link somewhere on our site. Like if you've ever made, if you've ever. Uh, reorganized your pages on your site or renamed pages, there could be some links that are just outdated. And there could be a Google listing that hasn't been recrawled in a while, like re, um, 
stored by Google. So it may be outdated. There could be an old Pinterest photo that, again, links to a page that no longer exists or something like that. So after a while, it gets harder and harder to completely avoid. Um, and that's okay. But what you do have control over is what the visitor sees when they click on a broken link to your site. Mm-hmm. So typically, we've probably all seen one of these before. You'll get an error 404 page that is usually pretty ugly, very basic, usually just like white with black or gray text. And it doesn't, there's no design to it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And it says something like this page cannot be found or something like that. And in the inevitable event that this happens, you, you don't want people to think that your website is broken or that you're no longer in business Um, or that they didn't find what they were looking for and they just back out and go somewhere completely different. So what you can do is create a custom error page, which actually serves a lot of great purposes. First off, it will be consistently designed to match the rest of your site. So even if this is the visitor's very first impression of your brand, it will still be a positive one. Mm -hmm. And secondly, you can use it as an opportunity to show your brand's personality Um, one of my favorite examples of this is on Brides Magazine on their website. It says on their 404 page, it looks like this page eloped, (laughs) which is so much more fun, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot better than feeling like you're talking to a robot, like error 404. And I mean, yeah, (laughs) that does nothing for you. So I'm, I'm a website nerd, so I will frequently look at random businesses error pages for fun. So funny. I like getting a lot of inspiration from seeing what other people are doing with their error page. That's really cute. So is this easy to update? Is this like, cause I know you work in Squarespace, like can you just easily update it in your Squarespace account or do you need somebody else to do it for you? Yeah, it's actually super easy in Squarespace. Um, you'll just find it in your design settings. And um, it is, it is different depending on what website platform you're using. Um, but if you do want to walk through for Squarespace, I actually have a blog post all about how to set it up. And it also has 15 um, creative examples from real businesses that you can look at for inspiration. And there's really, I mean, more than just showing your your brand, there's more that you can do um, with this page. You can add a search bar. So maybe they can try searching for what they were looking for. Um, You can suggest some of your most popular content or wedding albums. And you can even include a greeting from you, the photographer. So the overall goal with this is just to create a luxury experience at every touch point, even when they run into a broken link. Yeah, I love that. And we'll link that blog post in the show notes. You guys can just swipe on up after you listened uh, to the rest of the show and just click on that and let uh, and get Emily's tips there. I love that. That's so exciting. It's something like new to fix. I love that. I'm like a nerd too. I love making things really easy and like better. And I've actually worked with a SEO coach and, you know, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a thing called, um, I think it's a check your broken links or broken link checker. Uh, yes. com. And I love using that because I love fixing my broken links and actually helps your Google rating. So a little, little mm-hmm. tip in there. so i this has been awesome like i feel very like okay these are really positive things and not easy but like tangible things that people can really do um looking at their website to really elevate it 
um, kind of immediately, you know, if they've got too much text or they're too many fonts um, or, or they're not following the three C's, like they can really, you know, kind of do these things maybe in a couple of days on their own if they want to or work with their designer to fix them. But, you know, I think for this show, I always love giving tangible tips. And I think we just gave so many. So I don't know if you have any more, but, you know, if you have any more, like, maybe like three action items people could do like after they listen to today's show, I would love to give that to them. Yeah, I think I do. I, I do have more. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> um, and I tried to come up with some, you know, uh, things that people can actually do today that feel more approachable, maybe um, if this is just a bit much, but these next three tips should be pretty easy to get started. So the first thing you can do is pull out your phone, head to your website and just look through everything because this is where a lot of people get tripped up because we build our websites on the computer and then we forget to check how it looks on the mobile version. And I mean, right now over half of internet traffic these days comes from mobile devices and that number is going up all the time. So it's incredibly important to make sure that you know, your mobile site looks clean as well. And really you can just focus on technical problems here. I mean, you don't have to perfect the design or anything, but this is literally just like troubleshooting. So making sure your text isn't running off the page or um, certain elements aren't scrambled on top of one another because sometimes things can shift weird um, or your photos aren't being cropped weird where you can't even see someone's face or something like that. So really just polishing up the mobile version. And this is especially important for wedding photographers because I know a lot of wedding photographers are using Instagram to do their marketing. Mm -hmm. And that means a lot of potential clients are finding you on their phones and then going to check out your website while they're still on their phone. So you definitely want to make sure that you check on it periodically um, and make sure nothing looks funky. Agree. Love that. Good one. Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next uh, little tip is we talked about how part of the design is how you're presenting the information visually on your website. And you just want to remember that most people will not read everything. So you want to make your information as easily consumable as possible. So one thing you can do is um, search your website for any big chunks of text and think about how you can break them down so that they can be um, easily skimmed. So you can obviously just edit some parts of it out. You can do it that way, or you can reformat things into bullet lists where you can, or um, just making certain phrases bold so that they stick out. But that'll just help people absorb the info without getting overwhelmed or losing interest. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And then lastly, if you're struggling with um, having a consistent color scheme in your work, if you're not already, I would start offering style guide for your engagement sessions. And this can be a PDF that you create in Canva, or it can be just another page on your website if you find it easier to build it that way. Um, but you can use this to direct your clients towards wearing the colors that you prefer to shoot. And I would also include photos, examples of people wearing those colors to kind of like psychologically reinforce it. Mm -hmm. um, but it can also include your, your style guide can also include hair and makeup tips, accessory recommendations, stuff like that. So again, if you're not already um, providing your clients with that, it can really help both you and them get, get better photos out of it. Yeah. And they're kind of more on brand. I actually, I don't have a style guide, but I do do a, 
I have a client prep email that I send my clients for different sessions uh, and for weddings and stuff like that. But I will say when I first started, you know, people were showing up and they were wrinkled and they were sloppy. And someone said to me, well, whose fault is that? You didn't tell them how to dress. And I was like, Mm. oh, you're right. You are right. (laughs) So once I took charge of that, and I gave them, I have like a couple of Pinterest boards and examples to old sessions that are my favorite. I will say everyone shows up like kind of brand colors, looking sharp, you know, like looking nice. good. So it's such a great tip. You know, like you have to be the director here a little bit because people are lost. You know, that they'll show up, you know, maybe in an outfit that you're like, oh gosh, this is going to photograph terribly or doesn't fit mm-hmm. them right. So it's always good to give helpful, helpful advice and then, and then get the reward of like really beautiful photos that you can use on your site, which would be great. And also your client will be happy. Yeah. I mean, when you're a client and you know, you, you haven't done this before, or even if you have, there's just so many things to think about for your shoot. I mean, whew, and so it can just, I think that clients really appreciate it when you give them that, that guide, they feel supported and like, they don't have to remember or think of everything on their own. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Emily, this has been so great. I'm so happy you are here. And, and this is so much information and I'm so great. I'm so happy. This is awesome. Hey, <laughs> I always love having you. a good show. <laughs> well, well, that's tell- great to hear. <laughs> yeah. Let's tell everybody um, how they can find about more about you, your services and say hello online. Absolutely. I would love it if anyone wanted to send me a message on Instagram. I'm at by Emily Jane. Um, my website is byemilyjane.com, and I have lots of free resources there for anyone wanting to learn about websites or Squarespace, um, including a checklist with 100 wedding blog post ideas for anyone that's trying to figure out how to bring more of the right couples to their website. So hopefully some people will find that helpful as well. Oh my gosh. A hundred ideas. That's a lot. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's enough to last you for two years worth of content and you can yeah. use it for Instagram if you prefer. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So helpful. This is so good. Emily, thank you so much. Thank um, you, if you Jay. guys, all this information will be in the show notes. You can swipe on up, click on the links and let Emily know if you listen to today's show and definitely get that guide and definitely get the one about the error page. I feel like that's such a hidden gem. Um, to help you guys out. Well, I hope you come back on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Janae. It was so fun. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to Emily for being our fantastic guest today. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you want to find out more about Emily and her services, swipe on up click the links and let her know you listened to today's show. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye.